Christmas, Christmas time is near. Time for toys and time for cheer. We've been good, but we can't last. Hurry, Christmas, hurry fast. Want a plane that loops the loop? Me, I want a hula hoop. We can hardly stand the wait. Please, Christmas, don't be late. We can hardly stand the wait. Please, Christmas, don't be late. Hey everyone, welcome back to Unfrequently Asked Questions, the brotherly battle of the brains. I'm Max Hudkowski, and I've got my Christmas hat on. And I'm Michael Hudkowski, and last Christmas, I gave you my heart. And the very next day, I ate it. And the very next day, I, I died, because I lost my heart. I mean, that's how biology works. Um, You've guessed it, it's our holiday special. And our special theme is Holidays. Holidays, exactly. So, pretty much is going to be the same as always. Standard, me and Max both bring five questions, and we're going to quiz each other, and we each get uh, three guesses. But we're just going to have a theme, and that's holidays. We're going to be doing some more themed episodes in the future. Uh, we've gotten some requests for that, but you decided since it's the holidays, we'll do this special one to kick off. This special holiday episode was highly encouraged by our shared mother, which I find hilarious because she also stressed that we shouldn't swear during this episode. So we're going to try our best not to swear. I know we don't swear a lot, but we do. We are registered as an explicit podcast, so we can if we want to. This episode, we won't. So if you want to share this episode with your grandmother, still probably not a great idea, but you can do it and not feel as bad about it. Yep, exactly. Moving on. Mike, would you like to ask first or do you want me to go first? I, I'll give I you will the ask option. first. Okay, you're gonna ask first. No, Can no, you... no. I actually want to be. I want to be asked first. Oh, I'm sorry. I misheard you. Sorry, okay, I Mike. misspoke. Most of my questions are around Christmas because we were you ethnocentric. Yeah, well, we were humbug. born and raised in a Christian household, even though neither of us identify as Christians. But when I think of Christmas, my favorite holiday movie is The Grinch, and one of my favorite Dr. Seuss books, of course, too. Who inspired Dr. Seuss for the character The Grinch? Was it Ebenezer Scrooge? It was not Ebenezer Scrooge, which is what I thought the answer was going to be. Okay. All right. Hmm. This is 1960s or 1950s. It's 1957 is when he he released the book. The book came out. Yeah. Um, Was it McCarthy? No, it was not McCarthy. Or McCarthy. MacArthur. Sorry. Yeah, not that's McCartney. what I thought you were trying to say. That's what I thought you were trying to say. Yeah, no, not not Paul McCartney. Not and not McCartney. Joe McCarthy. Not Joe McCarthy. Okay, so there goes that guess. Was it... It's actually Ringo Starr. <laughs> um, 1957. <laughs> was it Stalin? I don't know why I have a feeling it's something to do with the Cold War. I was brushing my teeth on the morning of the 26th of last December when I noted a very grinish countenance in the mirror. It was himself. It was Zeus. Oh my, well, yes. Exactly. So he decided, I'm going to ruin Christmas for everyone. Well, not quite. So as he expresses it, he says, something had gone wrong with Christmas, I realized, or more likely with me. So I wrote the story about my sour friend, his older ego, the Grinch, to see if I could rediscover something about Christmas that I obviously lost. This is from biography.com. It's a very interesting little article. He says that it is the easiest book in his entire career to write, 
it actually only took him a few weeks to write it and illustrate the whole thing, um, even though the ending puzzled him. But he knew immediately what the character was going to be like, and he knew what journey the character was going to go on. The issue that he had was, and he also knew, again, how the journey was going to end for the Grinch. He just didn't fully get how to get there. And so during this writing process, because the ending kind of puzzled him, he just skipped to the very ending where he is carving the roast beast. And he drew the final scene, and then he worked his way backwards. One of his issues was he was, all of the proto things that he wrote, all the attempted drafts that he wrote, he thought were too preachy and too, like, based on religion. And he wanted to be more like family values and general pleasures and things like that. So he kept rewriting it until he figured out, okay, this is the ending I want. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, but uh, Dr. Seuss himself is the inspiration for the Grinch. Wow. I was just thinking how in that the animation they have of it, there's they're all singing along at the end. And one of the little Who girls, like she's, she's like picked up because the two people next to her are taller. She has antenna. And it really bothers me now. Every time as an adult I watch that, I'm like, why does this girl have antennae? Aren't they, it... aren't they like a decorative things that she's wearing? I could have they might be decorative. decorative thing. They could be a decorative thing. I don't know. I think she's an insect person. Okay, Mike, what's your first question? My first question is, who are the Christmas cakes? Who are the Christmas cakes? The Christmas cakes are a band from the 60s or 70s that, that did cool music for Christmas. No. I mean, that may be the right answer, but it's not the answer I am looking for. Who are the Christmas cakes? Chocolate and vanilla. I have, <laughs> uh, no. No. I have no idea. I have no idea what this question even like means. Who are the Christmas cakes? Someone out there, I feel like, knows this, and they're screaming. Oh, I, I hope so. You know, I saw this funny... Just not, not because they're listening to the podcast. There's someone out there probably screaming statistically. There was this thing I saw on Imgur. It was, you never know what a ghost feels like until you're listening to a podcast and they're trying to remember some piece of trivia that you know. And I said, hey, that's us. So is that your third guess? No, that's not my third guess. My third guess for who are the Christmas cakes. The Christmas cake are a set of ninja elves that work under Santa to accomplish weird political skills murders and assassinations that help progress santa's agenda i wish that was true but it's not okay um, it's a christmas weird cakes? name for a wet squad the christmas cakes christmas cakes are single japanese women over 25 so japan oh. celebrates christmas though a very small percentage of them are actually christian but they celebrate it they like all the whole little christmas tree the santa claus all the gifting stuff so for japan Often Christmas is celebrated. You have little Christmas parties with friends and all that stuff, family. And it's also celebrated a lot by couples. And amongst families and couples, they have a tradition of Christmas cakes. You get a cake and you bring it home and you guys eat it on Christmas. Thus, a Christmas cake is a cake that has gone past Christmas and hasn't been eaten yet. So the idea is in Japan, uh, there's this kind of... Since Christmas is on the 25th. Yes, so if you're 26 or above and you're a single Japanese woman, uh, you know, there's this kind of misconception of what's the word, uh, preconceived, you know, this idea that, uh, you know, you're not, someone didn't snatch you up, you should be married by now. So you don't want to be a Christmas cake. 
is this concept. Now, granted, I think that's absurd if you're a single woman in Japan or, or anywhere. You can be 26, you can be single at whatever age. Don't don't let society pressure you into something you don't want to do. But that's just a concept they have there. Yeah, you know, but that's know, that's it. That's the term Christmas cake in Japan. I can't think of a time where we ever had cake at Christmas, I'm going to be honest. Yes, well, in Japan, it's what are their little holiday traditions their their addition to uh christmas right i do know that they've been they've been um what's the word celebrating it observing it no well they've been uh they've been celebrating more american holidays more fervently like for instance halloween has become a very big thing in japan like very recently yeah well halloween has well, they do because they just use that as a, a giant parade to go out on the street and cosplay and obviously japan loves cosplaying as their favorite you know anime characters and things like that well yes but at the same time like halloween like in america it's there's religious aspects of it there's pagan aspects of it but halloween is has its own traditions it's relatively secular so and christmas is there's a lot of aspects of christmas the christmas holiday that are relatively secular that japan a predominantly a shinto country um can adopt those right and can can observe them and also just a marketing thing as well so it's not a big thing something there's they don't celebrate our fourth of july or our things they actually Obviously. don't they do have their own kind of thanksgiving-ish day yeah i was about but, to um, say oddly enough this year it was kind of the day after thanksgiving i believe which was quite wonderfully planned so sorry to write on this a little bit more but i also know that japan on christmas day if i remember correctly is big on the kfc right yes and you have to, that's like, another you have to pre-order your KFC up to, depending on where you live, two months in advance to have your KFC dinner ready for Christmas. Yes. Like, they I, don't make it two I months I don't in exactly know. I think it was some marketing thing that caused that. But I love that. Like, in, in Japan, you know, you're not Christian at all. But your family has to make sure you get your Christmas cake and your KFC dinner ready. For December 25th. Yes. I mean, they do like fried chicken. They have karage chicken, so. I mean, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. Okay, Michael, what is the oldest or first Christmas movie? The oldest or first Christmas movie. Um, I will accept either the title or the date, but I really, what I really was hoping is you would get the title. Is it, if it's a pure Christmas movie, the way we celebrate Christmas, wouldn't it be Miracle on 31st Street? It is not Miracle on 31st Street. I'm really think i'm just gonna give it this to you like it's it's an old old i'm old trying movie. to it must be one of those who's that guy on uh, that wc fields um maybe um the guy who made those big old he did a birth of a nation he directed birth of a nation but he also did a whole big movie about persecution i think at the one point i'm sure some old movie was about literally the nativity or the birth of christ um in in the most literal aspect is what i'm thinking of is some black and white movie yeah i don't know is it do you is want it, a hint? Do you want it, like a proper hint? Sure. Okay. How about this? So the it's a silent film. This movie was done before 1900, and it is only a minute long. About so it has a very specific like subject. Um, it's just called the birth of Christ. Nope. The nativity. Um, I I'm, like that that's guess, my guess. Though. Yeah. Okay, so it's Santa Claus with an E. Wait, no, what? I think Google Doc added that E in. Huh. Anyway. Santa it's Claus. It's the Santa Claus. It was actually the movie was a remake of a, of a 20 second black and white silent film. 
No, so this is um this is a a minute and sixteen second long movie that came out in September of eighteen ninety eight. I love how it came out in September, and it's a very simple it's movie. Rile people up. I watched it in its entirety for the sake of research. Of course, I I went through that grueling process of this seventy six second film, and it literally just shows these kids looking up a chimney, and then they go to bed thanks to a nanny, and then. As if they would be incapable of going to bed prior. Well, they were so excited, right? But the audience doesn't really know because there's no, like, decorations. Like, there's stockings, but they're hard to see because, obviously, the quality. And then Santa appears in this double exposure technique. So they have a different camera on the kids and a camera on Santa on the roof. So this was, like, sophisticated for films back then to have double exposure and parallel action at the same time right so it looked oh, okay. so but one thing that that really was astonishing to me is that the first thing santa delivers is a tree he delivers a small tree that's already decorated because they don't have one and he just gives them this tree and then he puts like a couple things in their stockings and then he disappears and that's I really the whole hope film. that tree's not there because the family says you know what let's not do a tree this year like you're right like <laughs> I don't think it's just unnecessary. We have to water it. And Dad, like, you're right, Dad. We'll just give presents. We don't need it. And they come that bat wake up, and there's like, ah, oh, where'd this tree come from? Oh, St. Nick. You. You. You scallywag, you. <laughs> now they have to deal with this damn tree. Now Dad just goes, burn the tree. I'm not having that in my house. Dad's like, you know what? I need some cookies to, to relieve some of the stress. Oh, he ate all my cookies. He ate the cookies. I didn't even leave them out. Come on, man. Those are mine. Those are my. I put them in my secret space. That's what our father does. I think it's does. an adorable tradition. Um, the leaving cookies out for Santa, though it is really not. You know, he should get like an energy bar or something. Well, I actually remember doing that one time when I was little. I mean, obviously you would have been little leaving as an well. energy bar out for Santa. No, no, I left cookies out for Santa, and I remember. The next morning, like, there was a bite missing or something like that. And I even, I got, that's when I, like, I yep. didn't break the illusion of Santa then. But I had this moment where I was like, why didn't he eat all the cookies? And I think mom said. terrible? Well, no, I think mom said, well, remember, honey, he has to eat a cookie at everybody's house. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember that clearly. It was last year. <laughs> That was a good one, Mike. That and we good. had this discussion of how do we break it to him. My God, he's he's old. All <laughs> right. Okay. That's a, I, I'm kind of just shocked that that movie was about Santa Claus and not about the nativity and the birth of the little baby, baby, yeah, baby no. Jay. It was literally just about Santa Claus. All righty. I don't think there was a religious like like figure in the entire movie. Huh. I didn't look really close. I only watched it once. Okay, Max. There's a song, Good King Wenceslas. Sorry, say that again? There's a song, Good King Wenceslas. It's a carol. Okay. Where was Good King Wenceslas from? Mike, can you sing the carol to me? No. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so the thing is, I, ever, I've, I have heard this carol every year I've heard this carol. Really? I, I hang can't... out with folk singers who sing like the old school carol stuff. So, oh. And, you know, it's not that arcane of a carol. But I always forget it immediately once it's done. I was at a folk sing, and they did carols, and then half the carols they sung, I immediately forgot. Is he from Wisconsin? No, he's not from Wisconsin. Minnesota? No. 
So you've already given me some hints that I'm trying to bank on because you mentioned that like folky, like the the folk bands that you listen to. That wasn't a hint. That was just me. No, um, I know, but I'm trying to decipher from that information that you leaked and also his weird, bizarre name. New York City. No, That's definitely not right. Where is he from? Like, where's Ki- what was it? King Winchell? King Wenceslas. Wenceslas. Oh, geez, that is a or mouthful. Could be pronounced Wenceslas. See, I was Laus. thinking German. I was thinking German well, when you first said it, and then I was like, Bohemia. Nah. Bohemia is the king of Bohemia. King of Bohemia, which is now known as uh, the Bohemians, were also known as, and they're now known as Czechs. The Czech Republic is where Bohemia once was, and Bohemia was part of the Holy Roman Empire, which was known for the longest time as the Holy Roman Empire. Apologies, Holy Roman Empire of the German people. So you had. All these Germanic kingdoms in Bohemia happened to be there. Um, it was kind of multi-ethnic, but they were a large chunk of it. So King Wenceslas inspired the carol and was from Bohemia. Okay, Mike, we're still sitting pretty at zero zero, but you might get this one. Where was Christmas illegal from 1659 till 1681? 1659 till 1681. Christmas was illegal then in this place. What? Hmm. Is it a nation state or a specific locale? It's more specific than a nation state. Is it Jerusalem? It is not Jerusalem. Mm, I want to just want to go right to the source. Right to the... uh, out of out of the audacity of someone doing that there. Drink it straight from the fountain. It was actually the Vatican. Was it the Vatican? No, it wasn't oh, the Vatican. I thought like... you just gave the answer away. No, before you didn't guess. Of course um, not. I was like, how dare you ruin holiday trivia? Hmm. Uh, we'll say that kind of coincides with i think um the 30 years war and the english civil war so it could have been in london was it london no it was not london but okay. the people who banned it plymouth plymouth colony Massachusetts, calling yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Plymouth, I'll Puritans. definitely give it, it to you. It was the Puritans. I'll definitely give it to you. Yes, it was the Puritans. The, well the, done. The Scrooging Puritans. Get a single point for that. Yes, it was the Puritans for preventing, this is a direct quote from the law, book of Massachusetts Bay Colony, reads, from preventing disorders arising in several places within this jurisdiction by reason of some still observing such festivals as were superstitiously kept in other countries, to the great dishonor of God and offense of others, it is therefore ordered by this court and the authority thereof that whatsoever shall be found observing such as day as Christmas or the like, either by forbearing of labor, feasting, or any other way, upon such accountants as foresaid, every person so offending shall pay of every such offense five shillings as a fine to the county. So the Puritans banned christmas not just christmas however they banned easter they banned white sunday which i don't know what that is but that was a holiday that they banned they did a good job of it because i don't know what it is Um, and this stigma against christmas actually lasted a while even despite the fact that this band you know eventually was lifted and even with the birth of the new nation This kept going to the point where the U.S. House of Representatives were actually convening on Christmas Day in 1802. And it wasn't a national holiday until 1840. Wow. So the Puritans, they they just thought, like, we shouldn't have a special day. You should constantly be incredibly 
overzealous, right? They well, just I think, thought. I think it's also because the a lot of traditions were pagan. Come from you know pagan. Exactly. I I like that the first shots in the war on Christmas were done by conservative Protestants. Yeah. I just want that stated for anyone who may hear. That's probably as political as we're going to get in this, In this, but that I just want that stated. That's, wow. Okay, Mike, what is your third question for My me? third question is is also about a historical one. Um, so when is the first kind of recorded evidence of Christmas or the Christ Mass being celebrated? Ooh, that's a good one. It's around what year? I'm going to say around, what's my plus or minus, Mike? I'm going to give you plus or minus uh, 20. Because this is the first recorded evidence, because we know as that I can find. So Yeah, so that's that's tricky. I'll say, you know, I might be going way too far back, but I have a feeling we could find some sort of evidence around even as far back as uh, 440 AD. Uh, no. <laughs> you seemed very conflicted to give me that no. No, no, yes, it's, 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 no, I just didn't know if I want to give you other information as well in that statement. That's, that's 420 to 460 there, you know, that's that range. I guess 420 to 449. Oh, 420. <laughs> okay, I, I was going to try to let that slide. That was not, that's not appropriate. Because it's a holiday podcast. It's a holiday podcast. You just ruined it. Grandma just, just left the room. Grandma. What, what, why is he laughing about that 420? It's just a number. Harold, he's mocking my voice. How dare we? You're you're mocking her voice. You didn't defend her. I, I, okay. In fact, Next you guess. assumed you assumed the the name of her husband. Next guess. <laughs> Focus, child, or child. I'll jump way far forward and say something like, uh, "Well, no, because I bet the popes and things like that did this thing." So maybe something like eight hundred and like forty A.D. No, you're getting colder than you were before. Hmm. Hmm. A hundred. No, hold on. Yeah, a hundred flat AD. No. About three fifty AD. Three fifty. Three fifty. Three fifty. Um, and that Loch Ness monster came up there. And now uh, we're really alienating grandmother. You're right. Um. So yes, about uh, the year three fifty AD is when the, really the first recorded, you know, Christ Christ masses, and by that time, Christianity really had clocked in as part of the the faith in the empire the roman empire really being spread i'm pretty um, i'm pretty proud of my 440 answer you're close yeah. ish um but of course there could have been uh, there might be recorded evidence early that but that's when we kind of know it really pops up the most evidence of that being celebrated hmm okay jumping away from christmas specifically here when was new year's previously celebrated like when you look at the oldest oldest celebration of a new year Around what time of year would that be? Would we have used to previous civilizations used to celebrate would it be years? in spring? Can you be more specific? Um, well, the months would have changed, would have been different, because the months we celebrate are much different than what they would have had. True. But I would say, say maybe around uh, May. Very close, is all I'm going to say. April. Uh, April is an acceptable answer. More specifically, it was seen to be the first moon after the vernal equinox, which is in March, so it almost always was in April. But yeah. Yeah. Nice, Mike. That's a solid... I'll give you a solid two points for that. You better. That's how the game works. 
the Babylonian civilization is the one that's really being coined here by History.com, saying that with the new harvest and the new spring season, the first moon after the vernal equinox was considered this big celebration of, as a new year. Is kind of how they considered it. They thought a new new harvest season, a new year, this is a new, you know, it's a new me. Uh, the Babylonian uh, New Year's resolutions were very strange back then. <laughs> Had a lot to do with avoiding codes of laws and things like that yes. and getting your fingers chopped off. Yes, I'm not going to I'm not going to get my hand cut off. I'm going to get my hand cut off this year. I did I it promise, last year. I promise. I've done it two years in a row. I just I can't <laughs> I can't go three years. A third time's a charm. <laughs> um, well, that's that makes sense. Like this whole spring equinox also makes sense. I like how go back to talk about Japan. I like how in Japan, uh, I know in Japan, it's probably elsewhere as well. School year starts in spring, so a little bit of our spring, and then uh, you know those grad you know seniors graduate, and then school year starts and there's the uh, cherry blossoms so it's always a big thing there um which i think is a pleasant way to start the school year so yeah wow spring cool yeah spring okay well going off of uh holiday we're talking about new year holiday so i'm going to go right into mine uh, my next question this is my fourth question i believe yes your fourth question so max as you know i'm currently 28 you are 28 this is correct but why is it that i'm going to be 30 if I was in Beijing celebrating the Chinese New Year. You'd be 30 because 29 is unlucky. So they skip that and they say 30 twice or 28 twice. Doesn't matter. They say, say 30 twice, twice. Therefore, I'm 60. Well, no, I'm um, saying they say 30. They, they repeat one of the two birthdays. No, no. Okay. But interesting thought process. Okay. My next thought process would be, and I do remember this with the Chinese New Year. Oh, wait. Yeah, I should have guessed this first. Is... There, your your year, like your age, is considered from the first. First of all, you're you're never zero, right? I'm pretty sure you're born at one. You're considered born at one, but even more importantly, you change your age traditionally on the new on the Chinese New Year's Day, not on your birthday. Exactly. That's there exactly it. See, I knew I should have guessed that first. I even thought of that when I first started answering, but since you said Beijing specifically, I. Yes. tried to narrow it down so yeah i uh, i was i was born in march and so therefore when i was born in march in 1990 i came out at one and then the next year chinese new year was up i was the 14th of, of of february so i would already been two by the time my actual birthday in america is but yeah they don't count the actual birthday i mean i'm sure people still might i don't know if people still probably do a little birthday thing but your age actually changes with the other thing I just find it so amazing that they start at one. That's one thing that like baffles me. I kind of understand, okay, everyone ages on New Year's. Like that's fine. That makes sense to me. But for just a lot of reasons that baffles me and I'm really confused what the origin is. It's definitely something I should look up sometime because mathematically China has a really elegant and impressive history with math. They figured out a lot of good math stuff really, really early on in their human civilizations. And I, it baffles me the fact that these are some of the guys, see, these many civilizations figured out how zero works, but that was like a big hurdle for species in general. And these guys, you know, they figured out how zero works, but why don't they use it in their years? I Maybe, maybe one day we'll find out. But I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I know you don't have an answer, but that's okay. Mike, I was hoping that you would have some holiday sponsors for us. 
We uh, do, we do. Before we get into our fifth question, before we get into the sponsors, I just want everyone to know, Mike's at three points. I'm at two points right now after that question. Messed up. Definitely could have had that three, but that's okay. Sponsors, Mike. Our sponsors are Scrooge and Marley, as well as the Bailey Brothers Building and Loans Company. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, that's 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 quite nice. Well, 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 well that's that's just wonderful. Isn't that isn't that just grand? Oh, Mr. Potter, please. Isn't that isn't that a, what is what is the line? Ain't that a swell idea? How about well, that? What is so swell? Uh, that's, that's a swell idea. I'll give you the moon. Watch the last question from me, Max. That, that is a romantic line. How about that? I'll give you the moon. Okay, sorry. My fifth question for you, Mike. I wanted to avoid doing a how question. So, um, why snow? Michael, why is snow? Michael, why, why is snow? Why is snow? No, re- the real question is, how, how is snow made? Like, how, how do we get snow? It's uh, water particle, particles that uh, freeze, and they become solid, and they, they become ice, little ice things, they become little snowflakes, and they then drift down onto Earth. You are very close. However, you are missing one key ingredient. If you tried this on your own, you would not have produced snow. At best, yeah, no, you wouldn't have gotten snow. You might get hail, but you won't get snow. It's, oh, vapor. It's water vapor that turn into, because it's, it's got to be very small and fine as, as if it was, I, you know, we'd be doing ice or whatever, right? Nope, not quite. I mean, snow, like, chemically, snow is ice, right? Snow is ice. You're right on that part. But there's a starting catalyst that a snowflake needs that separates it from just an ice... Well, actually, no, it doesn't separate it from an ice cube. Ice cubes technically need to do this, too. Is it have to do with pressure? Air pressure? Um, no. Okay, um... Well, the, sh- the, shape, the shape of a snowflake does have to do with the humidity and the pressure okay. and slight temperature things. For instance, you can get really flat snowflakes at 5 degrees and really kind of needly fluffy ones at 23 degrees Fahrenheit. So, like, that stuff doesn't matter, but it doesn't make the snowflake. Alrighty, then. Well, how about, um, it's the, the, the hopes and dreams of Christmas is yet to come. Is that the missing ingredient? Because I can't think of anything actually scientific right now. The hopes and dreams of Christmas is to come. No, Michael, it's not the hopes and dreams of Christmas. So when it no come. longer snows, we know there'll be no more Christmases. And we are we are lost. Because there is no future Christmas. But I, I guess at that point, would people care? Because they're not dreaming of a white Christmas anymore already. No, they're not. Right? So they wouldn't care. Another one of my favorite songs. Um, no, a snowflake needs a piece of pollen or dust to get started. So it builds around the dust. Or yeah. Pollen. Oh, wow. This, so even when you get the water down to freezing, if it's just pure water, it won't start to freeze on its own at most temperatures. You have to, if I remember correctly, if you get it down far enough, it will start to just freeze on its own. But at the around like 30, like even like 5 to like 32 degrees Fahrenheit, you're not going to get this ice to start build up unless it has something to attach to something that kind of gives it structure because think about it water is a liquid and snow as a solid is a crystal it's a crystal form 
So this thing has to have structure and something kind of needs to snap it to get it started. So if you have a piece of pollen or dust, the water can kind of attach to it, get kind of in a locked position, and then force the next water particle next to it to also lock up. Yep, and it sort of starts, when it locks up, it locks in a certain, um, it, that's how it forms the, the, the what's it called? The, the design, the, yeah, the shape. Exactly, the pattern the, the that pattern. these things pattern. make. That's the word I was looking for. Yes, these uh, hexagonally sided, these hexagonally sided patterns, these six-sided patterns are really unique obviously people say you know every snowflake is unique i don't think that's actually true but it's sort of true um you can kind of induce specific types of shapes like i said before you can get a flat plate if you want at five degrees fahrenheit you can get a more fluffier shape at certain like pressures and things like that um you can manipulate what kind of snowflake sizes and shapes you're going to get i do remember that there was an experiment done to try to really mess up snowflakes in their creation so they, they wouldn't be symmetrical. And they sort of did it, but it was really difficult. They messed up snowflake where they're like throwing things in a cloud. Well, no, so in short, what they, tried to do, cloud. what they tried to do is they had to have these, you've heard of micro weather, right? Like, sure, it's blank degrees in downtown Chester, but technically it's slightly different here. Yes, Obviously. so it's, it's you put things, they did it in a microwave, is what you're getting at. Basically, they tried to make the snowflake have microweather across this, like, across the snowflake itself. That was significant enough to change one side of the snowflake. They were trying to make these Frankensteinian snowflakes. I don't think Frankensteinian is a word. Well, it is now. I don't want it to be. I Merry Christmas, Mike. No. That's my Christmas present Christmas. to you. Is, How dare you, sir? Is How a, dare you? Frankensteinian as a word. Alrighty, Max, for your last question. In the modern American tradition of celebrating Christmas, we listen to Tony the Tiger almost every December. We do? How did that come to pass? What? We listen to Tony the Tiger? What? Yes, we do. I'm assuming you're talking about the voice actor who did Tony the Tiger because he recorded a famous Christmas song that we regularly listen to. Should I be more specific? Yes, yes. Bring it okay. home. Bring it home. All right. You'll get half points for that, but I need you to guess. Excellent. Um, what the song is? Right, right. I'm trying to think of Tony the, the voice actor. It's fantastic. I'm but, definitely yeah. not, but I'm trying to get the Tony Tony the Tiger's voice in my head. That's that is great. That's like a, I I want his voice in my head so you can't sleep. He says they're great. Doesn't say that's they... great. They are great. They're to be great. to be great or not to be great. Sorry, I do I do Tony the Tiger as a dramatic rendition when I do performances. Yes, that's why you didn't get the audition. That is, you know what? I got myself on this podcast show pretending to be your brother. You did. So. Now, way to ruin it for everyone. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to tell mom. She's going to be shocked. Um, how we snuck you in there. That was amazing. Okay. <laughs> she didn't even know. Get David Blaine on the phone. We've got we've got a much better trick. <laughs> uh, okay, hold on. Merry I'm, Christmas, Mom. I'm going to seriously think about this, so give me a minute. But not a minute Max took, but a two and a three, pacing up and down, scratching his head against the Christmas tree. Michael grumbled, wishing his brother was faster, while Max desperately searched for the right answer. He thought high and low, but his brain was a mess, until he finally decided 
I might as well guess. Okay, Mike, I have been thinking for a very long time, as you know, and I cannot think of the voice actor, that's for sure. So I'm going to start just wildly guessing at songs songs to try to recuperate an extra point or two, a bonus, you know, not a bonus point or yep. two. If you can give me, if you can get the song right off the bat, you have half points, um, you know, right now for guessing this. If you get the song right off the bat, you get three points. If you don't, you'll get, uh, you know, a point and a half. You said you get you'll get a point and a half. Baby, it's cold outside. By somebody. No. A, a cover. No. Baby, it's cold outside. Not that song, which okay. is not from a Christmas movie. It's from a movie called Neptune's Daughter. Oh, was this from a Christmas movie specifically? I mean, could be. Oh. I just wanted to point out that that song is not from a Christmas oh. movie, even though it's often associated with the Christmas holidays. The baby, it's cold outside, of course. I'm just going to say the Christmas song, because I obviously love the Christmas song, even though... Yeah, chestnuts King... roasting on an open fire, yeah. and no. Nat King Cole is the one no, that I love no. that does that, and I'm sure he didn't do Tony the Tiger. Yeah, well, I'll give you one more guess. Um, Because it's Christmas. Because it's Christmas. Silent Night. No, that's... um. There's a lot of Christmas songs I really like. Um, no, they're, they're catchy songs. Uh, Silent Night, nor the original version, Stille Nacht. No, the eighteen eighteen was the one that song was written. Yes, um, it was by a, by a pastor, I believe. No, here's the song. You're a mean one, oh. Mister Grinch. Oh, recorded by Thurl Ravenscroft. Oh, so obvious. Yes, Thurl Ravenscroft oh. is the the performer, the voice acting. He was also the voice of Tony the Tiger. Oh, and no he sh- sings "You're a Mean One, Mister Grinch" in the original movie. It's not Boris Karloff who narrated the movie, the oh. little clip. Uh, it's not uh, Tennessee Ernie Ford, who people think it is, nor is it, for some reason, someone thought James Earl Jones did it. I mean, which would, it's I a mean, deep voice, it's right? It's a deep voice, but he wasn't, that wasn't his performing days at that point. It was, he was quite young, and he, I think he still had a stutter, so it would be kind of, you know. But anyway, that's Thurl Ravenscroft, who also voiced Tony the Tiger, is the one. So we hear his voice, Tony the Tiger's voice, every Christmas. Whether you see a Frosted Flakes hat or not, you will always see, hear Tony the Tiger's voice in Christmas. Wow. Unless you block out all Christmas music. Right, and I was even thinking to myself, I was like, it's a deep voice. Try to think of a song with a deep voice in it. And I just couldn't think of the most beautiful, you're mean one, Mr. Grinch. Wow. Okay, Mike, this has been a nail-biting episode. After five questions, you're sitting at a pretty three points. And I'm sitting at a slightly prettier 3.5 points. Yes, it is 3.5. You're right. Yes, it is 3.5 because um, you gave me that. You gave me half. Gave you, I gave you one and a half. You're right. Yep. So, with I, that, you are the winner. Exactly. I am the winner. First, I wanted to say thank you for listening. Obviously, please share this podcast with your friends. We're still new, we're still fresh. Share it with your friends and family. You can send them the link of our Spotify feed. You can send them the link of iTunes, Google Play Music. I've seen us on Google Play Music. We've heard some people say they didn't see us there, but they found us on the Google Podcast app. So if you don't see us on Google Play Music and that's your preferred, you like Google platform, try Google Podcast application. That could help you out. Uh, We can also post, and we have post on our Facebook page, on Frequently Asked Questions, A Brotherly Battle of the Brains. 
we've posted the direct feed from Pinecast, which is how we host our website, or how, how we host our podcast. We also have a Twitter and a Gmail at ufaqpodcast at gmail.com or at ufaqpodcast if you're on Twitter. And you can send us questions, you can send us comments, you can just send us your favorite quotes from your favorite episodes. Whatever you like, we'd appreciate all and any interaction. We're desperate, we're lonely people. We just sit here for a week figuring out questions, and then after a week we turn the lights on and record, and then that's it. And this we don't is... even get food. Someone comes in and goes, hey, you got that podcast ready? <laughs> get that podcast out of you, you know. <laughs> it's Jimmy Durante. Is hey, cha 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 cha. Get that podcast. No one listening knows who Jimmy Durante is unless they're over fifty. So, well, you're not. So over please f- share this with your grandparents, the holiday one, so they actually get that reference. You're not over fifteen. You under. You know. You got it. Yeah, I, 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 I am. Any rate, Mike, I wanted to. Um, normally we like to end with what did we learn, right? What did we learn this week? I was thinking maybe. We could twist it and say, what is one of your favorite holiday memories? What is one of my favorite holiday memories? Or we could we could not do that if you want. I don't care either way. Um, there are many wonderful holiday memories I have of just being a kid and getting presents. And I love getting dinosaur toys. I love getting games, that stuff that we could play together as brothers. You want me to go first? Yeah. Most of my holiday memories are actually pretty materialistic i'll be honest i mean not completely obviously but they are catalyzed by a material item and i remember vividly when we got our first xbox and dad set it up for us and all three of us were like super excited but the one that i'm more into is and it was the last year that we got a gift from santa and by then i kind of knew i don't think this is a thing but we each got our own game boys and we each got our own version of a pokemon game I got Pokemon Gold, and I think Yellow, technically, but no one really cared about that. You were playing Pokemon Red, Dave was playing Pokemon Silver, and I just remember walking around the kitchen, which was still pretty new at that point, after Dad had finished building it. We were just walking around, playing Pokemon, and every once in a while, every couple of minutes, we asked each other, like, oh, what level are you? Like, what level is your Pokemon at? Like, where are you right now? And of course, David was, like, way ahead of both of us, but, like, like, the whole day, we were playing Game Boy. We were so excited about those Game Boys. We were driving to our aunt's house for the Christmas party, and we were still playing the Game Boy. And Mom was, like, really worried that we were going to, like, spend the whole party on our Game Boys, of course, because we're, like, kids, right? And not socialize, which is probably what we did. I don't really remember that year's party. But I don't know why, but just, like, that Game Boy and us walking around the uh, walking around the kitchen, talking about the Pokemon that we collected and stuff like that. We were so excited. My favorite, uh, there are many, I have many favorite moments, holidays, of us getting games together to play, or just, oh, there's good, wonderful gifts, or uh, recent ones we've been doing, I've been doing friends misses with people, uh, different groups of friends, and they've been all wonderful, delightful times. But I'd have to say, just <coughs> at the moment, the, the one that's popping in my head might not be my favorite of all time, but it was a very warm Christmas here in Connecticut that I was able to sit outside on our aunt's porch in a t-shirt and we ate christmas dinner there and we drank beer and had a good time and a good amount of our cousins were there so we ended up playing games um with them into the night it was quite a wonderful like bonding experience because we had cousins that were there that we don't see often so i just thought that's a that's a nice memory you know because that's what i really like the getting together people you care about 
Yeah, that is, I mean, obviously that's the great part of it. Most holidays is yeah. spending so once, time with people that you like. Once I get away from my family, I can do that. <laughs> so with that... What's my prize, Mike? Your prize is the milk of human kindness. The milk of human kindness? Yes. Michael, this milk is like it's... lumpy and really gross. It's green. Why is it green? Because it's good for you. That's all that kale. It's kale, Max. Oh. It's that superfood. So, <laughs> with that, thank you, to quote the movie Scrooge, thank you very much for listening. It's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. I'm Michael Hutkowski. I'm Max Hutkowski. Please have a happy and safe holiday, and as always, stay curious. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel.